Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori, the chartreuse ranger. And pretty soldier sailor raptor. (laughs) Similar but not identical genre there. Dom. (laughs) (laughs) The the whole thing is the title. (laughs) Okay, perfect. You can tell how hard we worked on that intro. What color is chartreuse anyway? I don't mm. even know. It's like a purple. It's lime green. Basically. Lime green. Well, not like I wouldn't. Maybe not lime green. It's like a bright green. Hmm. It's a bright mellow green. It's sort of like my nail polish. That I think they call it chartreuse. Mm. It's also a type of like liquor. I want to say liqueur, but I think it's liquor. It's very vegetal liquor type. But you can get yellow chartreuse and green chartreuse. It's, I think we should talk about yeah. more visual things on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's good content. I think we should. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about colors more. Let's talk about the, the patterns on your guys' shirts. <laughs> L- let's not talk about that, actually. <laughs> let's talk about how we have you back, Dom. Yay. You're back from lending your talents to community theater. Yes. Back from my successful three-week run of, what was it? South Pacific. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an audience, or were you just all acting in front of a bunch of chairs? Actually, South Pacific is very popular with the um, geriatric crowd. Oh. I was going to say, I went on the last... Sunday. Last yeah. Sunday. We had Sunday matinees, and those were our big big nights. Yeah, big there nights. were a lot of people over the age of 65. And those were our uh, rowdy audiences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you get heckled? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Two old people up in a balcony seat just shouting down comments hmm. during the show. No, that happened backstage quietly, whispered to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt like I might have been the youngest person in the room, besides besides Chris, who's two years younger than me. And the children actors on stage? Well, the, the, they didn't count because they're on the stage. The stage isn't the room, it's the stage. I mean, technically it's the same room, but I guess it is another world. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a justification. <laughs> I was going to say... I spend a lot of time being the oldest person in the room, so it, it felt I was usually nice. the oldest person in my dressing room. Which was with a few other of the um, people that played the, the soldiers, and we played uh, Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. backstage when we were not on stage. Yeah, you texted me that. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> right. cute. Right when uh, when Tori was watching, I, I texted, "This is what we're doing during intermission." It's just all of us <laughs> playing Smash Bros. And I was the oldest person playing Smash Bros. there because I would say old person things like, "What happened to Mario's down B? He's <laughs> 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 a power deck." Now it's well, this water thing? When, when has this been this water thing? And the kid's like, uh, it's always has been. I'm like, no, no, it hasn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, uh, it has since Brawl. It's like, well, Brawl is not always. Brawl's like no. late. Brawl's like the end of Smash. <laughs> Brawl is so when recent. Smash died. Yeah. And uh, actually, though, uh, Ultimate has been a good re- re-envisioning. But there's too many damn characters. Games these days have too many damn characters. I, I tell these kids. Man. Back in our day... And they won't get off my lawn. <laughs> you had, what, ten characters? And we liked it? And one of them was Jigglypuff, even? Honestly, though, since we were playing on the um, Switch, uh, the on-dock Switch, uh, we had to really lean in and squint to see any characters on the character select screen. It so, was, so it doesn't really matter. It was nuts. <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of bizarre that screens are so much bigger and yet so much smaller nowadays. Well, Dom, you should have been playing 
Power Rangers Battle for the Grid the whole time. Have you bought that yet? I have not bought it yet. It, it was on sale. I'm surprised you've resisted so far. I like Power Rangers. I like Shattered Grid. Mm. I'm just not a fan of fighters, usually. Like, I don't really play fighting games. You have not. You and I have played mm. fighting games before. I have played fighting games with you. Yeah, like we Smash. Smash doesn't count. Uh, what? Let's not touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you and I used to play a little bit of the uh, Ranma 1 Half fighting game. That's true. Actually, I played the third Ranma 1 Half fighting game a lot with my freshman and, year college roommate. Right. And that counts? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just clarifying. And also we played a little bit of uh, Endless Duel, I think. Endless Waltz? What, we, we played mm. um, We played a what, tiny like, amount of that. Gundam Wing movie? Like, wait. No, no, you're right. The game was called something else, Dom. Uh, it was Endless Duel or something. I just remember the opening theme song. That's all I remember of it. <laughs> the Gundam Wing SNES fighting game. Okay, Endless Waltz was the, the Gundam Wing movie. Right. I didn't know that there was a Super Nintendo fighting game. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good interest. That's Don't know actually from, but... pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who any of the characters were, but I definitely played some of them. Hopefully they're mm. ported onto Switch soon, along with everything else. Mm. Did you see Planescape Torment was on Switch? Yeah. What, oh, what world are we living in? <laughs> One where everything is on the Switch, the basically. The cold, harsh world of 2019. I'm, like, horrified and shut up, take my money all at the same time. <laughs> it's pretty weird to own a video game system. For once, that is, like, the current one, mm -hmm. and also one where there's a lot of games I want to play instead of, like, three. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very unusual situation for me. Uh, however, we should probably move on to the fanfic, because it's a long fanfic. Right. Knowing that you would be away for multiple weeks and wouldn't have anything better to do with your time than read long fanfiction, Dom, <laughs> I deliberately assign something that's on the longer side of what we do. In this case... Oh, no, it's not. It's only 70,000 words. It felt... Felt a little longer. Felt pretty long, yeah. But it's some of the things that we read that are long are kind of breezy long, or we want to make it breezy long. Mm -hmm. Like the Final Fantasy fanfics that we read, we read yeah. those together. Mm -hmm. And those were longer combined. Yeah. But a lot of it was kind of like, oh, we're going through a dungeon and casting yes. fire on things or whatever. This fanfic did feel long. And that's, I think, because it had a lot it was trying to do. There's a lot going on in it. Yes. Which fanfic are we talking about? We are reading Reality Check. It is a Ghostbusters and original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover from 1996 by Jeff Morris. How'd you come upon this one? I read this one back in the day. Oh. Like, I read a lot of anime fanfiction, you know, in like kind of high school, probably, late middle school, maybe. And... I, I read this also in that same time period. I have no recollection of how I stumbled across it because it's not anime fan fiction at all or anything. Were you still watching Power Rangers in uh, middle school? I don't. I was not still watching Power Rangers at the time this came out. I only watched original Mighty Morphin. And no, I mean, I, I might have been watching it when this came out, but not when I read it, I should say. Hmm. I watched original Mighty Morphin. And then I fell off of it in Zeo, even though Zeo was undisputably pretty cool. Which one was Zeo? Zeo was the one where they have geometric shapes on their helmets and there's robots that they're fighting. I fell off sometime after the Water Rangers. Is that the same one? That is the end. That's the same place I stopped. It's the end of Season 3 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, so we just aged out of it. We just much. aged out of yeah. it. We're the same age. We stopped at the same time. Yeah. Zeo was the first reboot season. It wasn't even a reboot like they do now, though. It was right. just... 
oh, we're actually giving up the dinosaur costumes right. season. Yeah, <laughs> it was still the same characters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Turbo was when they kind of switched over to the kind of style they do now. No, right? not really, because Turbo half the season was those same characters. <laughs> oh, it was, then huh? they traded them over, and the Turbo characters go into space. And in space is the end of the Zordon era, and that's when mm-hmm. they stop doing year-to-year carryovers of characters and plot threads a little bit. Yeah, end of the Zordon era. Yeah, well, because Zordon explodes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. In a wave of goodness. Uh? That wipes I... out all evil in the universe for about, <laughs> you know... Five minutes. For half a second, I thought you were going to say, it wipes out all life. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be much more appropriate to the tone of Zordon in this fanfic. Right. Right. There you go. It's a good thing they don't make Zordon explode in this fanfic. Yes. Anyway, the point is, this is one that I actually read and that I've remembered for a long time because it was memorable, like the plot and, you know, what was going on in it. And I've, I've seen it referenced once or twice online as well, I believe. So you read that when you were like 12 or 13 or? I have no recollection. Sometime when I was reading fan fiction, probably high school age. Probably high school. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I managed to get in contact with this author, Jeff Morris. They were very gracious and, you know, um, you know, very gracious with the idea of us reading something that they wrote 20 yeah. three yeah. years ago, um, which is usually a harrowing prospect for most authors. As far as I can best tell, this came out in 96. Mm. And it was originally published as a zine, like you did before the internet. But I think the author, in fairly short order, put it on the internet as well, which is where it still is. You can find a link to the author's website copy of it at bit.ly slash rfrreality. But they also posted it on Archive of Our Own. And we're just now starting to appreciate that Archive of Our Own is really, really good. Well, because I, I use in a a few different e- e-readers. Mm-hmm. So they provide a very easy-to-access copy of um, every fanfic. Just download it and I put it in, into my Google Books and I can share it across all my devices yeah, pretty any, easily. Any archive of your own fanfic, you can just download as a Mobi or an EPUB mm-hmm. or a PDF or yeah. like there's a few other things. Lots of different options with a click of a button. I, <laughs> I don't get as angry as I do when you assign me the ones that are just an old web page. Mm. <laughs> And archive is a pretty appropriate term because they archive things, they tag them very well. Like, this is definitely a way in which fiction is cataloged fairly well. I I like Archive of Our Own. Yeah, I was using Archive of Our Own to read the next um, Stealing Harry book. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those tags were actually so good they spoiled a little bit (laughs) for Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) The tags on this story don't seem to have content, but they have character. So if you're searching for stories in which Eugene Skolovich appears, this story will show up, yeah. and you can read it. If you're Skolovich. looking for stories with Alpha 5 specifically, I- I'm choosing the characters that definitely have, like, you know, the biggest fan bases and of right. people who want to yeah, read about sure. them. Yeah. Uh, Alpha 5. I mean, I liked Alpha quite a bit. <laughs> I'm sad that he doesn't feature as strongly in this story as I think he should. So that means we could use those tags to search for Skolovich slash Alpha? Uh, you can certainly use them to search for stories in which Skolovich and Alpha appear. The relationship tags in terms of romantic pairings mm-hmm. are different, um, but if there was such a tag, then yes, you could search for it. Interesting. interesting. And if not, someone write this. Fascinating. I mean, <laughs> the obvious is bulk slash skull, right? There's got to be something oh, out there. Oh, of course. I mean... That's too obvious, though. That's boring, isn't there's it? There's plenty, yeah. It's almost too boring, but they do get a cool episode in Zeo, which is like the only one I've ever seen because it's somewhat famous, where... Like, it turns out 
Skull's been studying the piano since he was really little and it just doesn't fit with his like badass vibe. He's been keeping it a secret and he's actually like really, really good. And, you know, like by the end of it, it's all about like Bulk being like, oh, I support you, you're my friend. And like them, you know, having like a bonding moment. And they start stuff. a millennial band. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could not convince me that Bulk can play an instrument. I, I totally believe that on it, like that he could. Like okay. there, there's so much that they just don't. <laughs> tell about these characters that come out as comedic points. That's why I don't actually find these characters very interesting mm. is because everything they do is for comedic purposes. So like finding any character depth there, it's a stretch, well, they do but get... it's almost like a, like a Mary Sue situation. Mm. Like you just impose whatever you want onto these kind of hollow comedic figures. They're blank slates. They've got yeah, some stuff going on. They've got the fact that they're like genuine earnest fans and supporters of the Power Rangers and that's cool. Mm -hmm. And that leads into like at the end of In Space they bulk leads the I am Spartacus moment, right? Where they're like yeah. the, the invading space limbs are like turn over the Power Rangers and he's like but, I'm a Power Ranger. Yeah, I, and that's great but it's like that's just because it's, it's not a personality. Am amusing to have a character you know as comic relief to do that, not oh, because I it's... don't think it's just because of that. <laughs> well, and because they're they're not bad people, right? Even though they, they are, they're morally <laughs> yeah. But that music though, nobody with good intentions has that music, right? I, I admire how it's always that music every time. I mean, admires the wrong word. I'm fond of the fact that like it's always just the same thing. Speaking of the it always being the same thing, mm -hmm. let's enter the fanfic because the prologue of the story. We haven't talked about the fact, or we kind of mentioned it, that it's a crossover. Oh, yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. This is the yeah. second fanfic with the Ghostbusters we have read on this show. Mm -hmm. The first one was also a crossover, and it was Ghostbusters uh, Gargoyles, which is a little bit amusing from the context of this story. Yeah, there's a couple things in this story where it feels like the other story would be a sequel to this one. <laughs> they yeah, could definitely well, be the same universe, no problem. <laughs> I thought they were related. They're not? Uh, no connection. <laughs> really? Because it's heavily implied that yeah, yeah. there's going to be a Gargoyles Ghostbusters crossover. Anyway. It's just a divine coincidence. I yeah. guess. Um, this story starts out with like a long critical preface kind of thing. Well, introduction which, from the author. On yes. the archive of our own copy, it's on the, um, it's at the back of the story. Yeah. Oh, okay. But on the author's website, it's at the beginning, the foreword. Well, it's a nice explanation for the author's reasoning. Here. But um, also, no, I lost what I was going to say. It's a nice explanation for the author's reasoning if you read it first. I want to point out, I one of the few things I remembered from this fanfic was the author's anecdote in the foreword about getting into Power Rangers because they collect armadillos. Mm -hmm. And one of their friends at a you know fan convention was like, oh, come watch this show. They fight a giant armadillo in this one episode. And he was like, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the Sockadillo, by the way. Like, soccer, yeah. armadillo. Yeah. That's, that's the monster. And it's also, you know, I've been getting into... I've been getting into old fan fiction. I have, <laughs> I have led up this show for more than a year about old fan fiction. A lot of you are made out of old fan fiction. Mm -hmm. I'm so not convinced you're just a bunch of old fan fiction and shirted pants. It's interesting <laughs> that the friend who introduced this author to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is Mary Blomker. This is the second time that name has come up because Mary Blomker was also a close per personal friend of the author of the X-Files story that we read. Oh. Um, which was Haunting Melody, that author was Deb Walsh. So... And she's another one of these people who was just really active in fandom and wrote a lot of fanzines for various things and, you know, 
got around and was like a figure. Mm, Not necessarily like one of those like leading uh, uh, specific fandom figures, though maybe she was. I I feel like maybe she was actually like a a big pusher behind some specific obscure science fiction show that like I don't care about and, and most people don't. But anyway, the point is she did a lot of stuff. Her name has shown up again. It's kind of cool yeah. seeing those connections. And she's departed, so she's sadly passed away. Oh. Um, anything else from the from the forward? Well, the forward is actually it's actually pretty interesting because it explains that the author was at least you know, late teens or young adult. They seem like a grown person to me when they encountered Power Rangers, mm-hmm. right? I think that seems and correct. And they go on to explain, like, that they knew that the three, the Black Ranger, you know, um, the Red Ranger and the Yellow Ranger who originally left the show was because they were replaced with non-union actors. Yep, it was all about the money. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really was. And we talked about this in our previous Power Rangers. Which was specifically about those characters yes. departing so the cast. Th- this is also about that. Um, but I like that so much. This preface helped me to understand a lot what the author was going for here. Because they talk about understanding that those characters were replaced. And then in the fanfic, they try to make those act like those original power rangers come back and be important figures and also have some sort of relationship with the current cast and they also say a couple other things about the background of you know the actors and power rangers and i don't remember specifically but i like that their preface helped me to understand the story very well and like how they wanted the story to be shaped because of how they viewed the actors' relationships to the media. Mm-hmm. There's a description of Power Rangers' relationship with Super Sentai and such, which wasn't interesting to me because I've known all that by heart for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, would have been very informing to your average person picking this up in 96 and reading it. And yeah, we probably don't need to say much about Ghostbusters. We can talk about Ghostbusters when some Ghostbusters show up, I suppose. Yeah. Which will be fairly shortly. Um... It also mentions in the forward that the whole premise of this fanfic was just, hey, that character also has glasses and it's brainy. What, what if they're related to the other character who has glasses <laughs> yeah. and it's Yeah. Winston and Billy. Not right. Winston. Um, uh, Egan. Egan. Egon. 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 How do you say his name? Egonovich. In the movies, it's Egon. Egon. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't I haven't seen a <laughs> Ghostbusters. I don't know. If, have I seen a Ghostbusters movie? Probably when I was very small. Have so. you seen a Ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. That sounds like the bad spinoff song. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to say about this before we get started is, to me, this is not a Ghostbusters Power Rangers crossover, as it states. Rather, it is a Power Rangers fanfic with a Ghostbusters feature. I agree. Mm-hmm. With Ghostbusters guest stars. Yes. Um, yeah, this would definitely air on a, not on Power Rangers, not, not on mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Power Rangers being important, it starts with a prologue. The first line of the story is, It was a typical summer day in Angel Grove. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, and a giant monster was menacing the city. And so that's the in-media res, and then it backs up and walks through stuff. And it's an almost, you know, it's very deliberately an incredibly boring standard, like, Power Rangers kind of setup. Yeah. The kids are volunteering at, like, a 
you know, helpful community thing, in this case, like a book drive, and, you know, a monster shows up. I've got to say, I, I love reading the terrible Power Rangers monsters that fanfic authors come up with when they're specifically trying mm. to do so. This is the Penny Dreadful. Perfect. It's just a big monster penny. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about making some terrible pun for some anthropomorphized object or a creature. Or ideally, cross between a creature and an object. Um, you know, like, all it hits all the things. Bulk and Skull show up, and humor is had at their expense. And um, people morph and fight some things. And the author, in the description of what's going on, goes to kind of specifically points out how dumb various people are fighting. Like, just, you know, the the way the putties kind of, like, gibber and sort of attack one by one or whatever, or yeah. the end of the, the robot fight scene where, yeah. for some reason, suddenly the monster's kind of charging at them and they cut it in half with their sword. And it's like, well, why why were you <laughs> charging the the robot at this juncture? It's laying out all yeah. the points that it wants to talk about later in this <laughs> fanfic. Right. Right. Uh, and there's... Yeah, there's a lot of things in the beginning that seem questionable, um, and that being one of them. And then also, like, a lot of the attractiveness of the teenage characters is very well emphasized. And I'm like, that's kind of strange, because they'll often say, shapely, shapely blonde teenager is an yeah. example, or handsome Asian teenager or very often they're describing these characters and the words are attractive and teenager in the same sentence. Yeah, it's we should of, talk about that because it's through the whole thing. It is, yeah. All the characters are pretty heavily sexualized mm-hmm. and all the characters are nominally teens. I'd like to say, even though that is distressing, there's two things that I am happy about in that sexualization. One, it's applied to the male and the female characters pretty evenly. Mm-hmm. And two, at least it's all these characters who are played by actors who are in their 20s. Sure. It's nobody... I'm not picturing any teenagers in my mind. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't except, get the actors out of my head. Right, neither could I. Except yeah. that every time they say someone's attractive, they say teenager in the same sentence. That's, no. that's my only... Like, I mean, it'd be one thing to me if they were like, oh, attractive person, woman, man, etc., but they literally emphasize that they're teenagers and attractive in the same sentence over and over. So it's a little bit strange. And this will come up again. Yep, definitely notice the same thing. It is hard to miss. Dom, how much did that bother you or not? I got the, uh, I, I always had the image of the uh, young, struggling, working actors in my mind. So I, I glossed over the words. Just like how they gloss over the words in the first episode when they're looking for teenagers with attitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because oh yeah, they should have just always said attractive teenagers with attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like the author is like, yeah, fine. They they find these actors and attractive. That's totally fine. But like, they don't need to emphasize their teenagers over and over again. Like, maybe if they're going to emphasize the one. Up, maybe don't like, emphasize the other. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. I understand. Yeah, it wasn't necessary. It is their descriptions in the show pretty ex- explicitly. I guess it's trying to fit with it with mm-hmm. that theme. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're going to get to more of this, but the author did want to use some sort of like adult and sexual themes throughout this to develop the relationships with the characters, which is totally reasonable. And then, you know, they're older teenagers, and sexuality is a part of teenage life as mm-hmm. well. It's just that they kind of ignored the piece 
of the, you know, like making this into a story in which adult sexual relationships occur or a story in which teenagers are the main characters. I think they could have benefited from aging the characters up in some way or doing something a little differently with that, mm. in my opinion. If it takes place during the show, then they're explicitly teenagers yes. with attitude. It's unavoidable. Right. Yeah. It's unavoidable, but then you should probably avoid the sex parts, well, what right? They were, what they were going for would be, if it was done today, it would be rebooted on the CW. Yeah. Right, like right. Well, like a Riverdale reboot. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They could still have sex with each other and have sexual relationships. It's just when you have an adult author being, like, the hunky teenager, the <laughs> his body, like, especially because adults in this fanfic will frequently fetishize the teenagers. Yeah. That, yep. That's the uncomfortable piece. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> that's not exactly the best lead-in. We do Sorry. we cut over to some adults uh, in <laughs> chapter one, sexualizing teenagers. As well, they do. well, yes, uh, yes, in fact, but we'll we'll try not to emphasize it too much. Yeah, we're back over with the Ghostbusters, and it's basically Janine and Egon who are the Ghostbusters characters. Mm-hmm. It starts off with you know Janine. Um, I, I mean, just kind of thinking about her relationship with Egon. Just like in the other fanfic we read. This is based off the cartoon Yes, everything's continuity. based off of real Ghostbusters. Mm. I know nothing about that. <laughs> it's basically just more Ghostbusters. I don't know. I don't know anything about Ghostbusters, well, then, really. Well, then who's this blonde guy they keep talking about? That's Egon. <laughs> he, he got very, very blonde in between Ghostbusters and the cartoon. <laughs> and Pompadour. Extremely Pompadour. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I, I remember the cartoon better than I remember the real life thing. So. Well, I think everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you might be wrong about that, Amaya. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Janine and Egon are in a relationship again, just like in the last fanfic we read. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody wants to do because it was clearly built up. Right. There's this weird dynamic here where they're together, but it seems like Janine's waiting for a marriage proposal and Egon's mm-hmm. reluctant to it, and it doesn't seem particularly true to either character in my mind it wasn't that interesting really no it wasn't yeah it almost seems like she wants him to acknowledge they have a relationship but he he doesn't because men am i right yeah yeah am i right i think i am right are are you as a man (laughs) (laughs) i forgot how that works yeah (laughs) yeah i will say you know i I don't want to be too hard on this fanfic i think it's of a time but Mm -hmm. some of the writing of relationships out of women is kind of weird well, that relationship stuff, I'm not a huge fan of. But the main yeah. plot is actually really interesting. And the main plot yes. walks in the door right at about this point. Should we just go through the main plot kind of? Yeah, point we, sh- point we should do the main plot because this is super, super mm-hmm. long. Who come to visit the Ghostbusters are Jason and Zach and Trini, who were put mm-hmm. on a bus off to like some vaguely defined peace conference. The World Teen Peace Conference or something? <laughs> not yeah. just a bus because it was in Germany. They were put on an okay. airplane bus. <laughs> it's a very good bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to make room for the new replacement rangers in the Power Rangers show. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they're coming back because they've been basically away from Angel Grove and they got... They've, like, had letters from their old friends there, and they're, like, super mean. Like, we don't ever see them, which is probably just as well, but it's, like, apparently really caustic, like... They mention yeah. those things you called me and, and the, yeah. the letters, so... like, they were not nice. Terrible language, apparently. Right. And so there's that, and there's other... A few other things, I forget what, that have made them sort of uneasy about the fact they're heading back well, to Angel Grove at this point. they went out of Angel Grove into right. the real world and realized that things weren't... Um, 
TV PG rated in the right. real world, and we're freaked out. Right. And yeah, well, that, I, I don't know if we get. Did we get that? Yes, right they did. They, they mentioned swearing. They mentioned sexual Drug activity. Oh, they mentioned okay. peers. They mentioned seeing McDonald's in places. Yeah. Yeah. This, oh. Yeah. And they're like, none of our peers would ever do this in Angel Grove. And so they they come to the Ghostbusters, who are you know the only people in the world, and like they're uh, who who deal with the supernatural, I assume. And they even tell them, like, hey, like, we were Power Rangers there. And yeah. there's, you know, a plot thickening moment where they're like, what, what's a Power Ranger? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the three ex-Power Rangers are like, you've never heard of it? It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, in the news or anything? Like, giant monsters, space aliens, uh, ever? And they, like, and they talked to them because they knew that Egon was Billy's uncle. Oh, that's right. They do know right. that. Yeah. Because that's a known thing here. Egon that, is that, Billy's that was uncle. Their, that was their, and there was their connection to this. Yeah, and this continuity, <laughs> that is the case. And so that's all super weird, clearly. Um, and they were like, yeah, no one had heard of us in Germany either, but we thought that's just because they were like from other countries. I, I think you would still hear about the space aliens sending giant monsters to wreck American cities in other countries. Yeah, but, but you know, you know th- they've been isolated because right. they don't know that swearing happens. So. I, I, I do like that even though, you know, there's this thing about them, oh, having been from this kind of like weird, protected, Pleasantville town. Mm-hmm. It's not like when you take these characters out of the town, they're not still these super nice, earnest kids. Like, they're not... They're still Zach and Jason and Trini, basically. Right. I actually really like this because... And it was the author's preface that made me understand where they were coming from, too. Like, them saying, like, I watched this as an adult and I wanted it to be deeper. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand... Like, I wanted to make sense of the fact that these, you know... Uh, union actors were replaced with non-union actors so we could pay them less, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that the author has already explained how they're inserting themselves here, and they're inserting themselves in a very reasonable way. So Janine and Egon fly over to Angel Grove to, like, go check it out, kind of at the same time that the former Rangers are returning. Yeah. And, you know, there's some stuff with them poking around the town, and, you know, kind of PK, what, PKE scanning, various things. Yeah. Egon got a reading on what, like, morphing energy is like from the X-Rangers. And, and just the environment for them is very, well, Pleasantville. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, still no fast food restaurants or whatever. I guess you never do see them in Power Rangers ever. No. Yeah. They always have the juice bar, right? Yeah, and the authors, right. like, set us up to think this is bizarre. <laughs> even right. though I, we wouldn't if we were inundated into a Power Rangers universe. Yeah, and... Is, Good. This is one of the more interesting, like, really compelling parts of the fanfic, I feel like, is just, like, them poking around and, like, trying to feel out what is super weird and why. And, like, you know, having a PKE scanner doesn't solve all the problems immediately, because he's like, yeah, there's, like, morphing, there's, like, morphing grid energy or whatever, but there's, like, also at least two other things going on here, supernatural-wise. I got a quick question, because it yeah. does come up a few times uh, in the rest of the fic. Is morphing grid a canon concept? The morphing grid is the most canon concept. What was it a grid of? Energy. Okay. It's um, it's extremely vaguely defined, but it's one of those it's <laughs> one of those vaguely. touch points. <laughs> extremely vaguely. <laughs> it's one of those touch points of Power Rangers canon that like fanfic authors and comic authors and anyone who's trying to pull things together goes back to Mm. because it's occasionally used in that sense in the show when they want to kind of tie things together it's basically just like when you transform into a color-coded spandex suited superhero you are tapping into 
the Morphin Grid, it's like which re- is like a web of energy that connects all. It's basically the Force, except that you have to have a certain color. <laughs> so it's, it's just like when they reroute power to the engines. Yeah, it's basically. It's just vague yeah. babble to explain what they want to do. Now, in this fanfic, the Morphin Grid is produced by, seems to be like generated specifically by stuff Zordon set up, well, maybe? I, I, I got questions about that. We'll get to that yeah. later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the Morphin Grid is a thing. And so yeah, they're poking around. Um, Egon gets to meet up with Billy again. Billy is spending a lot of time with a new character, as far as we're concerned, who is named... What's that? Uh, no, I was just going to say that her name is Pimiko Soga, and isn't my it, question to you... But what... It's Pim- something that doesn't sound very Japanese. I was... That was going to be my question. Is right. Pim- Pimiko a Japanese... Is it Pinico or Pimiko? Is it Pinoco? No, it's... Oh, it's Pinico? Pinico, either way. I, I, that was the reason I held up my hand, as I Pinico. was thinking, this does not sound okay. like a Japanese name. So but it is... I don't know. It's the kind of thing that is definitely... Oh, Pinico, okay. It's not a name you will ever find a Japanese person having, mm-hmm. but it doesn't not sound like a name. So it's kind of like the equivalent of someone being named Amato in America. You're like, yeah, that sounds like it could be a name. <laughs> But that actually comes but, from Mormon. <laughs> what, what name kanji start with P? P? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it would probably be like, I, I keep thinking of Pinoco from Blackjack, mm. which is a similar name. And her name, it's just Hiragana right. Pino, and then it's the, the kanji ko. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you would definitely write this too. That, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 Hiragana Pini, and then Pini. kanji ko. Oh, is it Pinico or Pimiko? It's Pinico. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my main thing because... It is a little bit weird that you would introduce a Japanese character and not give them a, a known Japanese name. I'm not too bothered by it. But because the key point here is the last name Soga, which is just sure. which is a reference to the actress who played Bandora, who is you know the Rita mm-hmm. Repulsa character. Yeah. In it's sure. the same last name that actress had. So well, like. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's a really good reference. And I, I actually, like, again, love how the author puts these references in here yeah. and, like, understands all the history of this. Because you're also thinking about, like, this was written at a time where, like, this information was not necessarily the most readily available. Oh, no. Like, I'm sure, like, dig, all the information he had right? was, like, the names of the characters from the original. Right. Yeah, but he knew, like, which Sentai series each of these, you know, or, um... The original Sentai series that the Power Rangers was based upon. Like, he knew yes. a lot of this information. So that was pretty cool. I, I'm also going to have to be honest. I don't remember the Scorpina. Scorpina? What character this Scorpina. is based off of. Oh, yeah. she's she's there. We'll, we can talk about it in a moment. Uh, when we're talking about the original basis of Mighty Morphin, I have a problem. Because it's written out, you know, Romanized officially, ZYU Ranger. And so, like, before I really got into Japanese, I was used to saying, like, Zoo Ranger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would try to read it in English. Sure. And it's actually Jurenja. Right. But I can't say Zoo Ranger in my mind. <laughs> it, it's got to be Jurenja or Zoo Ranger. Right. Mm-hmm. However, if anybody wants to produce a fan Sentai series called Takun Alum Sentai Zoo Ranger, please <laughs> let me audition. <laughs> I can be comic relief because I don't know that much about Judaism. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> um, anyway, where was I? So are we going to call it Zoo Ranger or are we going to call it Judenja? 
I'm going to call Monty Moore from Power Rangers. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's necessarily relevant for this. Uh, it's just that the author mentions the the Zoo Ranger connection. I, I'm going to okay. call it... I was do trying a... to slur it together so you couldn't tell what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with... When, when are we doing a Grand Caesar? <laughs> Grand Caesar fanfic? Yeah. You're going to be holding your breath a long time. You're going you're gonna to need to <laughs> travel back in time and write old Grand Caesar fanfic, I think. <laughs> So you mentioned Scorpina. Yeah, one of the plot threads here is that Billy's hanging out with this character, Kiniko. Like, was that a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers character? Yes, she was. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to remember. I got nothing. Oh, this author is up on their Power Rangers continuity here. Because not only was Scorpina definitely a character, she was the only other character besides Rita who had an original Japanese actress with, mm. like, a face to, like, emote you know, that they kept Put in the face. show. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a mask. She's not one no, of those characters. I know what she's saying. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is why she's also specifically design- described as Asian, mm-hmm. beca- East Asian, because she is, like, that. Actually, her character is. let's I, be yeah, clear. She's described as Oriental. Oh, I wasn't going to go as far to say that, but I only want to mention this because it's here. Yeah. There's a lot of inappropriate language around race and implied racism. And it's the only time I'm going to say it. I don't think the author understood why that was wrong. Yeah. I think they lived in a time and in a culture where they didn't know better. So I'm not going to come down on them like that. I just want to say that that does exist in this fanfic. Because if any of our listeners want to read this fanfic, they should know. Yeah, I mean, as an East Asian studies major, undergraduate in college, I can talk about why we don't use the term oriental to describe people. <laughs> and yet, he keeps saying it. Well, I mean, that's that's what's there. It's, yeah. it's not a slur, it it's just a, I, it's an exoticized word. I guess that's true. Yeah, I've, I've been unclear uh, of whether it's considered a slur or not. It's not considered I've a slur. I've always even It's just that it. oriental just means east of Europe, right? Sure. And so oriental was originally the Middle East, and once we got kind of familiar with that, it was like, you know, India and stuff, and once we got familiar with that, it was, you know, East Asia. And so for one thing, it's so vague that it's useless. Mm-hmm. And for another thing, it's always carried the baggage of, oh, they're kind of exotic and foreign and, like, not sure. like us, you know, normal people. And so that's why it's like oriental, you know, medicine yeah. and that kind kind of thing. That's not entirely always true. Like there was a field of study called orientalism, you know, for a long time. Of course. And that was like Egyptology. It was like people who were really serious about like learning Arabic and like, you know, studying cultures and stuff. But in common parlance, it's just a term that is both vague and exoticizing. I'm so we we don't use it. We use like East Asian yes. or something. I'm saying it is also used as a slur. I've heard it used as such by some old white men. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that's, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is I feel like it's too much of a triggering term mm-hmm. for me to like, because when I hear it, I feel like very strong feelings and it's not directed towards me. But like, that's my relationship with like people who have been affected by it influences how I feel about it. So I keep thinking, like, if you hear it and it it triggers you, then that makes it a slur to me. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm 100% sure the author just did not have any of that in their mind writing this. Yeah. It's just, like... A term they were like, no. that's, that's the right word, right? And Ken, Ken kept going. Yeah, And I, I don't even know if at the time in 96 people even thought of it mm. as, you know, any sort of bad term. 
It just I mean, it definitely rings wrong. And I don't think it's the word they would have used in the Power Rangers media. But again, this is not hard on the author. I don't think they had the information. But now that we've hopefully got all that out of our system, uh, what we were saying is Pinico here is like pretending to be some kind of exchange student from Japan and is like hanging all over Billy and spending study sessions with him and yeah. basically hitting on him. And she is Scorpina in dis- disguise. Scorpina's a real thing, Dom. And she was super cool and memorable, and you're a bad person for not remembering her. I'll, I'll agree that I'm a bad person. I don't think not for this. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a character that disappeared from the show at some point? Yes. And the author makes several mentions to... She disappears from the show because, you know, her footage disappears uh, from the original material. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, a single episode in the second season, they bring her back, but they give her a new actress, um, which is... At, later on, she kind of complains about this, like, fake Scorpina that, like, they must have pulled out of somewhere or created magically that, like, Lord Zed used. Because t- she was one of Rita's peeps. And this takes place after season two? This takes place in the... After or during season two? Oh, season the, three certainly hasn't happened. Because of the no Green Ranger, white Power Ranger. Right. Right, okay, yeah. No Green Ranger, white Power Ranger. Right. Lord Zed, no Rita. Serpentera's around... Um, you know, Aisha, Rocky, and Adam. Right, right. Right. All that season two goodness. So uh, Egon, doing a scan of the town, finds Pinico in the juice bar, mm-hmm. uh, and the PKE meter they use blows up when it tries right. to scan them. And that becomes their main avenue of investigation for a little while. Meanwhile, the returning rangers, you know, Jason, Zach, and Trini, there's kind of this, like, trying to navigate being in the space of these old friends who they think you know, turned on them abruptly. And, of course, they, you know, the the rangers back in Angel Grove got super nasty letters from Jason, mm-hmm. Zach, and Trini. Yeah, the, the readers have yeah. found out that both sides have both received letters from supposedly both other yeah. sides that were terrible. And, and also there's some validation on the side. The people who are living in Angel Grove have gotten some validation from Alpha and Zordon that this was indeed their handwriting. Yes. Um, Zordon's like, I am an authority on letters, yes. and these are definitely letters from your actual friends. I'm not sure I could trust Zordon. It's hard to trust somebody who has literally no chin. Would you trust Alpha? Also no chin, but well, doesn't Alpha look trustworthy? Or maybe the best chin. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe I was it's all chin. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too trusting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, you know, as the reader, you're like, well, this is going to get resolved pretty soon, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't get resolved super soon. Um, It's kind of strange. It's like they they spent a lot, what must, we don't get the letters, but what must have been said in them must have been truly awful. Yeah. And a lot is referenced It's emphasized that it definitely was. From Tommy about what he said about, what Jason said about Kim. And the Jason-Tommy-Kim relationship are going to be key to this fanfic. And, like, the first time Jason and Tommy, you know, like, come face-to-face, like, Tommy decks Jason and, like, things don't Mm -hmm. go well. Right. But also, you know, with this, with even that approaching, that level of approaching happening or whatever, um, Zordon also, and Zordon, to the reader, is, like, hella suspicious already Mm -hmm. for good reason. Especially when Zordon starts things, saying things like, 
Oh, your three friends who are back from the peace conference have been brainwashed by Lord Zed, and they are definitely evil double agents. Don't trust anything they say. Trust me, the giant floating head. See, look through the viewing globe. They're all like... <laughs> Black clouds coming up. You can't do that with After Effects or something. No. It's definitely real. And we, like, know for a fact that that's not the case. So I think this is the first time that we're like, Zordon, we we thought we knew you, mm-hmm. but but are you not truly a good floating head? Are you it's, a good floating head or a bad floating head? It's, it's quite distressing, actually. So then after that, things come to more of a head, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, Zed, who's monitoring things, is like, I, I have no idea what's going on, but clearly something's going on. Well, Zed's like, what's their plot? <laughs> right. It's like, the old rangers are back, and clearly this is some sort of subtle machination by They're Zordon. planning something. I yeah. better send putties. I'm not, I'm not an international, I'm not international, intergalactic ruler for nothing. I know how to send putties to do things. And I'll send Goldar to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> From Great. <a> distance. <laughs> yep. Um... But what ends up happening during all of this, like, kind of coming to a head of things with, you know, Egon. Egon and, and Janine have been pressing Scorpina, you know, meeting Pinico for information. She's She does not seem, like, violent or anything. Yeah. Basically just obsessed with Billy. And, Which is because she set off the PKE meter. I don't know if we mentioned that. but Right. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, we, we did. Okay. Um, Dom did. Uh, but, my bad, sorry. But yeah, like the current Power Rangers kind of capture Jason, Zack, and Trini. Current Power Rangers except for Billy. And then like Scorpina manages to teleport away with Billy and, you know, Egon and Janine. And give them a whole info dump about like all kinds of stuff that's been going on right. with the situation. So a lot of info dumping, actually. It's a lot of info dumping. In this story. But it's not uninteresting because it's kind of like world building backstory for a world we never would have expected existed in Power Rangers. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Scorpina takes him to a private subdimension, which is a very Power Rangers thing. Yeah. It probably yeah. looks like a smoky room. That's what mm-hmm. they tend to look like. Or like exactly like a rocky place in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Well, they kind of describe it as being pretty abstract, which yeah. I like because you can kind of overlay your own abstracted ideas on what a subdimension will be. My abstracted ideas is um, a soundstage covered in black velvet. <laughs> yeah. The, the subdimension I remember the most from Power Rangers that they return to repeatedly is just like, well, it's black and there's a cage that's big yeah. enough to fight Goldar in. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it. Yeah. I kind of had a Sailor Moon impression of, like, floating through the nebulous galaxy. She's got hers all decked out. And she kind of explains that she's the daughter of Rita, who is not, has not always gone by the name Rita. She used to be Bandura. There's also been some flashbacks. There's been some flashbacks to Bandura. She's got, like, a whole backstory. Seems to be some lineage of witches sort of deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Ancient magic warriors, yes. etc. Right. She had a flashback about how her mother kind of disowned her because she became pregnant. Because becoming pregnant apparently decreases these ancient witches' powers. Mm-hmm. You're right. And getting, which is folklore, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff here. So for one thing... They never really go into why this is, but the character, main characters are definitely reincarnated over and over. Mm-hmm. And Scorpina is definitely, like, soul-bonded with Billy. And this is new information to Billy. And there was no hint of it whatsoever in the show that I can remember. No, but not at that's all. that's definitely a thing in this fanfic. And they're definitely the same 
being born again, not, yes. not inheriting the the powers and memories. No, what? like the Blue Ranger appears to just be like Billy in a million lifetimes or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, that's not always true, though, because you can pass the powers on, and that happens in a I, several... I was going to say, yeah. Right. What well, I was going to say is the in the original series, it seems pretty clear that there's been other teenagers called to this purpose before. Right. But they're not the reincarnated lineage. But I, I like that this is kind of how they do it in this... I want to see a teenager with attitude from, say, I don't know, 1050. Mm. From, like, 400 BC. Mm-hmm. Those teenagers. Well, he can't, have in, he can't have called teenagers before the concept of teenage-dumb was invented. Well, right? not necessarily. Like, it's abstract whether it's based on the concept of being a teenager or just being within those age ranges. Mm-hmm. So then after this info dump, they... Spends more time in well, well, New York. Th- th- there's more important stuff there. Like, Zordon is not a benevolent floating space head. He's some sort of, like, evil floating space head. And I think even Scorpina knows that, like, he's the one who, like, called back um, or, like, summoned her mother to, like, be Rita mm-hmm. to, like, a, to oppose him. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just, just to, like, said that Zordon had someone has the has an ability to control an area and brainwash everybody and everything inside. Uh-huh. And that's is left at that. <laughs> we're gonna get more info dumping pretty soon. So yeah, like you were saying, Tori, they head back to New York by teleporting. Yeah, that's what Don was saying. Oh, but yeah, yes. someone was saying. <laughs> I don't really bother to like distinguish between the two of you. Do you, do you listen to this podcast? <laughs> Your voices sound exactly the same. What? No, definitely not. Yeah, they, they head back to New York by teleportation, mm-hmm. and basically they use Ghostbusters technology to bust. Rita out of wherever she was imprisoned by Zed back when in the Zed jar, showed right? up. Was she back in her jar? I, I, guess I, she I was. think in the show. I think you're right. They were back in the jar, yeah. But they don't have to find the physical jar. They can just, you know, bust into whatever, like, realm they it was existing They scan Scorpino's energy and they search for it for, with wavelength and then gate and then shut up, it works. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the Ghostbusters seem like such a vehicle in this story. They mostly are. I mean, when... When Egon and Janine are investigating in that first part, they are definitely main characters and, like, you know, yeah. active in the plot. But at, from about this point onward, they're definitely just kind of like... Because, like, at this point, I'd say the Ghostbusters characters are then introduced, but it's more like there's Ghostbusters cameos. Yeah, in there's this, some in this Ghostbusters part. around. Yeah. Speaking of cameos, there's an on-running plot joke, not plot joke, an on-running joke, recurring joke, with Ray trying to talk to everybody about these reports of gargoyles in New York mm-hmm. and nobody really cares. Yeah. <laughs> like which is why I thought that our Ghostbusters gargoyles crossover fanfic we read must have been somehow related to this, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I think more than one person realized that gargoyles and Ghostbusters both take place in New York. <laughs> yeah, and and around the same time, so right. I get it. I it's get just it. divine fanfiction will. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another ongoing plot thread reoccurring mention was that the containment unit is getting super full, which you expect to, you know... Bust in, into a Ghostbusters plot. Right. You expect that to be a Ghostbusters yes. plot. But like, well, clearly things are going to burst loose and it's going to be bad news because that then, always happens. And then the Ghostbusters will help them somehow. Mm. And then after that, they'll go back to Angel Grove. And, <laughs> and there's but, even a reference later on where they're like, the containment unit overflowed, and it ended up not being that. Well, but we'll get there. Well, I mean, no, at this point, That's exactly. Right is that around that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, they, they pull out Rita, and Rita's super weak and, you know, disoriented and... Um, but she gets she gets a lot stronger really quick. Yes. Simultaneous to which the energy readings from the containment unit go way, way down. 
And, and she just, yeah, Ray's like, there's a problem. <laughs> she just ate a lot of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and and nobody's nobody bothers to question that they're just like, oh, okay, you, you just ate them up. All right. Yeah. So, all Ghostbusters right. ghosts. Yeah. Are they people's souls? Sometimes. Yes. So did, sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. So did Rita just eat some Mako energy to get better? <laughs> yes, she definitely just consumed some people. There were definitely some ex-people in there, but they might just be like psychic reverberations of people. I don't quite know my Ghostbusters lore. Like, it might just be, you know, an imprint of a person when they die. Yeah. Well, in the fanfic, <laughs> they mention souls later that's detected with Ghostbusters technology yes. as a ghost. Oh, okay. So they she do. definitely ate some people's souls. Ate yes. some, devoured some souls, yes. So here's the thing about Rita <laughs> in this fanfic, is that she's not... D- her D&D alignment is still definitely evil. No, I, I would say I it's neutral. I think so. I mean, it could be either way. I My think point lawful being is she's, neutral to lawful evil. Yeah. Yeah, she's something, very, something up there. She's very interesting. At, at, at one point later on, because they're about to ally with Rita, and I remember later on in the fanfic, someone who's, like, not up on this is, like, Rita's helping us? Or, like, is she is she good now? Or, like, there's something, and someone's, like, she's on our side. <laughs> she's either chaotic neutral or lawful evil. It's not that she's even not nice. It's just that she'll definitely eat a ghost. Oh, yeah. Like, she does what no she needs question. to do. And uh, could she eat Slimer while she's at it? Like, if he's around, could he be consumed now? And Maybe not he again? was. That's who was missing from this fan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. But Rita's a really fun character in this. She is, for the most part. Um, which, like, definitely deviates from Power Rangers, right? No, like, Rita was always fun. Well, Rita I always mean had is... the potential to be fun. Exactly. Were we watching like, the same show? <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. I was just watching an episode of Judenja, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, Bandura's really fun because she's actually, like, really cheery when things are going her way and expressive and kind of, like, playful and, like, oh, yeah, like, go go wreck some well, shit. That's fun. And then is... when, when things go wrong, she's really emotive about it and, like, that's fun, too. It's just in Power Rangers, I think they basically did a lot of the, like, Rita being frustrated and having a headache. Part. Yeah, I remember yeah. a lot of campy yelling and screaming. And then, yeah, cackling. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I like about her in this fanfic is she has that same emotiveness. Like, she's mm. just expressive and interested in what's going on and, like, yeah, not necessarily aligned with anyone's power, like, serving her own interests very clearly. Now, there's a lot more info dumping once they have Rita on hand. And it is, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Basically, some of the flashbacks we saw were about the origin of Zordon. Well, we can skip to the next info dump, I think, and include all this. Oh, oh, yeah, because they, they go and they save the other Power Rangers, right? They and bust they... The, other, the other Power Rangers out of Power Ranger prison and mm-hmm. also take all the rest of the Rangers with them. Right, because they're able to convince them that, like, hey, Zordon is definitely sketchy and been lying to you. So they take all the yeah. Power Rangers into Scorpion... Scorpina's Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. That. Yes. <laughs> and then, then there's an info dump there. Right. Um, and the info dump, among other things, like, there's some important background here where, like, not background, like, the flashbacks that were establishing stuff. Um, basically, Bandura took a lover, her mother witch got really angry and, like, killed him. Bandura tried to raise him from the dead and successfully did that kind of 
but like his soul was one part and his body was another part. And well, his... Vandra did it twice, so <laughs> yeah. so it was twice as good. Mm. There you go. I got the and, body and the soul back. And the point is, together. the soul ended up being Zordon, the body mm-hmm. ended up being Zed, which is kind of cool in that Zed does just look like someone with no skin well, and a really weird headgear. Because like, yes. I, I was re- really confused about Zed's design as a kid, and I'm mm-hmm. still confused. I love the idea of Zed being the the body without a soul personified. Yeah. 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 It actually is kind of a cool that makes way. Because yeah. it's like raw and just muscle and bone and not much else. Mm-hmm. And they make a big emphasis in this story. The author does a big emphasis on like his skinless body, mm-hmm. which is pretty like horrifying when you think about it. I mean, it was horrifying to watch as a kid. <laughs> you know, I never thought about it like that as a kid. I was just like, ugh, monster, you no, know. But this really like emphasizes it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. This <laughs> emphasizes it. It's great. And it does another thing, which is emphasize, like, Zordon as this morally ambiguous floating head that's just like, I need some teenagers, they just have some <laughs> attitude, and we're just gonna, like, I don't know, fight some monsters, I guess. Like, I don't care that your kids, like, very, by the way, good kids, as we mentioned in our previous mm-hmm. Power Rangers uh, podcast, which is they, like, mostly all do good serving the world. But by the way, I'm going to recruit you to, like, fight evil and potentially die at any moment. Is the fact that Zordon had to um, specifically define teenagers meant that Zordon could have changed the search parameters at will? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. bring me six infants with attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then... Bring me several octogenarians with uh, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but the other fun part is, like, identifying the differences between Rita and Zed as villains. Because Rita was definitely more emotive, even if yeah. it was, like, a little more limited. And Zed is Zed mostly just, just angry like, all the time. I'm evil and angry. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and the process of coming back to, from the dead kind of drove them both crazy. And it's... How should I put this? I was expecting at any point in, at some point in this fanfic, for like this whole Angel Grove weirdness to be like really kind of defined as like a reality being vague and a lot of the premises of Power Rangers like being not true. Mm-hmm. And to some extent that happens, but not to the extent that I expect. So like, really? For, for like, so yeah. like Zed really was like out fucking around conquering things in space. You yeah. know? Like, it's not just a thing made up that he's an evil space warlord. He, like, actually was yeah, doing that. But they and identify that, like, Angel Grove is under some sort of, like, innocence glamour. Which well, sure. Is, they like, said that super crazy. They said that Zordon did that specifically for, yeah. for their game. But right. They also mentioned that this isn't a normal thing people can do. Mm-hmm. And, quote, where he, where he develops those power and abilities, I don't know, and I doubt I ever will. And they... Don't mention anything else about where these powers came from or yeah. why Zordon can do these things. Which is kind of cool. And like I, I like that there's that vagueness left in where, I mean, she does mention kind of in that same conversation. It's like, he's just been off in the universe probably fucking around who knows what, like, I don't know, probably doing evil things or something. I don't think that's it's that cool. They should have explained a little bit why this power set was there. Because otherwise it just seems completely arbitrary. I see. Well, it is also arbitrary because, as you mentioned in another conversation with me, it's established that Zordon was a Green Ranger, was the Green Ranger Back with 10, the Green Power years Coin. Ago with Rita. So he didn't make those powers or anything. So the Morphing Grade is something that, that existed before this current um, cosplay yeah. thing that Zordon's doing. But Zordon seems to have a whole lot of control over it for unclear reasons. Able to manipulate well, with machines. Right. That part is unclear, but what is clear is his emotional motivation. Mm-hmm. And what is established is that. 
this whole time that he's been with the Power Rangers, he's just playing a game. Yeah. We're not sure. I'm not sure why he's playing this game, except that he might be a little bit like. They write it off to just like kind of boredom or. Yes, like, that he's bored. I, to I amuse think himself. It's implied that he's lonely to the point of needing to amuse himself in these kind of weird, arbitrary, situational ways. And Rita, for some reason, I guess maybe due to her long imprisonment, is has more presence of mind to be like, this is not, like, how you do things. No, well, no Rita she, was completely under the spell. She was completely under the spell, brainwashed she to was, be Rita instead of Bagoda. And, and was broken out of the spell by being revived in New York instead of uh, outside of Angel Grove. Yes, and the explanation yes, but, given as for why she was packed away is basically that Zordon got bored with her and yeah. wanted a different antagonist and like mm-hmm. pulled in Zed to do that and sent her packing. And that at least fits with that motivation. Yes. Yeah, I'm not questioning the motivation. It's the right. like why they didn't mention like back in the time Zordon was a, a powerful sorcerer that's capable to do some amazing things and then came back as a spirit and did, also did those things as a spirit or something. Yeah, or he could have been responsible for the morphing grid or the Power Rangers to begin with, or which something. would at least have continuity with his yeah. role at the moment. But like they touch or, on the idea of these, and, and then there are some powers, and then forget about it. Hmm. Yeah, this part was pretty vague, but I do like that the author was consistent in providing emotional motivation for each character. So, like, Zordon's immortal, and he gets bored, and that's his motivation. And so the tension here, besides info dumping, or one of the main tensions, is that, like, they're going to have to go back and confront Zordon because they're worried that he's just going to, like, take it out on Angel Grove if his, if his you know, um, if his game has been ruined. And Angel Grove is still a real place filled with real people, including all these characters' real mm-hmm. families. Phrasing, like, it's not yeah. an imaginary place. The phrasing they use is that, what does any child do when they finish their game, they pack up and yeah. put it away. Mm. So they're about that Zordon's going to pack and up and put away Angel Grove. Right. That's actually really strong because we've actually, before this, had a lot of the Rangers, like especially the ones who are returning, reconnect with their families. Mm. There's some subplots, like uh, some family time, Trini's um, going through an eating disorder, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like a major, like it's, a, I guess, a minor subplot, but it resonated very much with me. And so she goes with her family to a steakhouse and can only order the salad, and her family's very concerned. And they're like, uh, she's like, I put on some weight in Germany. Her brother's like, where? <laughs> so it's nice because we do get some family moments, and so when... Zordon perceives everything as a game. We see the juxtaposition with the family moments we're given as like, this is not a game. Yeah, I think you're right. That it's really good the author does spend a little time establishing kind of the Angel Grove beyond the Power Rangers sphere that we usually see. Like, there's more than a juice bar there. There's more people mm-hmm. than like some teenagers and some extras, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, other subplots going on here. There's this main love triangle going on mm-hmm. with Kimberly and Tommy and Jason. And Kimberly and Tommy yes. are dating. That's a thing. And Jason's also in love with Tommy, which I totally buy. Which I didn't actually realize until it was stated later. Uh-huh. I thought he was in love with Kimberly. Oh, I would not buy that Jason's attracted to Kimberly. What I think is that I didn't think the author would go all the way there. And there's this secret he has, and it prevents him from being honest with Tommy and Kim because they both think he wrote hateful letters. Mm-hmm. So this whole time he's thinking, I can't tell them the truth because it might reveal my own like secret, very personal truth. And at the very end, we realize that he's in love with Tommy. But well, I mean, it's not just at the very end. Even in this scene, like um, 
Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy and Tommy. <laughs> Kimmy is the ship name, I suppose, right? Yeah, it would have to be. Sure. Um, Kimmy is like having some kind of sexual activity that we do not see on screen, which is good. Um, and Bandra, I'm calling her Bandra. She, she, she still goes by Rita. Right. R Rita talks to Jason and she's like, like, why not, why not go and join him and talk about your feelings? And he's like, are you kidding? Like, hell no. What are you talking about? I don't have feelings. And she's like, they would welcome you. Like, I've, I've seen you in other lives and you three yes. are like tight. You three are like a unit. And so part of this struggle is like from Rita's perspective and later on, even in conversation from Kim's perspective, it's like they're... They're not, they're open to, like, getting Jason in and having, like, you know, a non-monogamous relationship here. Well, but Jason... Rita yeah. and Kim are. Right, well, yeah. we, don't, we don't see Tommy <laughs> in the slightest, you're right. Or Jason's opinion, really. That's a thing. Well, Jason's opinion is just, like, I'm not even going anywhere near that. Well, yeah. this is complicated. If we want to talk about this plot arc, we can. I think we can talk about that at the end. Maybe we can talk yeah. about it at the end. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's a plot element that's introduced here. Um... But yeah, yeah but something else Rita says is that they've lived past lives and right. it's been an, it's the an reincarnation issue. thing. Yeah. I just want to say um, I like working with Jason and Tommy. Like Jason has an episode after Tommy loses his powers the second time that is just about Jason being sad because Tommy <laughs> is not there. And by Power Rangers standards, that's heavy character development. <laughs> um, and also I like I, there's something about Jason. The other Power Rangers fanfic we did was also about Jason angsting a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something about the character of Jason. You know, Power Rangers characters don't really have personalities so much as they have performances. And, and, but, and colors they wear. Right. But Austin St. John's performance of Jason, yeah, I, I kind of want to make him suffer. I want him to angst. Like, he, he's kind of a brooding, like, yeah. expression. Like, yeah, I want him to have something to be really, like, concerned about and troubled about. He's actually one of the stronger performers. Also, what I like speaking of in this fanfic is when, like, Janine and Egon come into the town and, like, Rita, I think, maybe messages this too. Like, everybody notices that they all wear the same colors as their Power Rangers uniforms. Yeah. And they're like, how do people not know? And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> it's just funny because I love how the author comes from the outsider perspective of an adult reading children's media and goes like, what if? <laughs> and, well, and, the, and the adult comes in and says, there's five color-coded teens over there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I definitely... How I do you not know? <laughs> I think I mentioned this last time, but as a child, I wrote a letter to Power Rangers mm -hmm. saying like, hey, wouldn't it be smart for them to send more than one monster at once? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so you mentioned this in our Thank last you. Like Power Rangers. I like Power Rangers. So. Goodbye. <laughs> and I got a form letter back, obviously. Uh, anyway, this leads into basically a big set piece extended combat, like multiple chapters long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it has multiple stages and that kind of thing. But it starts with putties invading Angel Grove. Yeah, uh, Zordon and Zed form an alliance and then oh, officially yeah. take the gloves off. That's right. And so this involves sending an army of putties to start with. And, you know, Goldar or whoever. Yeah, that's some the, kind of monster. Then they move the show from Fox Kids to HBO. And... Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to do because, like, you look at a putty. Mm -hmm. You know that a putty can form their arm into, like, an axe or something? Uh, sure. They can. They never do. But Wait, they can. Then can they? they? Yep. They, sure they can. Um, since when? Since I'm sure they did it once or twice on air. No. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good hypothesis. No, like, well, they, I feel like that should be true. Look, the golems but... in Jude Ranger do it. 
Yeah, no, I believe you. It's just they... they I'm d- pretty sure d- the putties do at least one point. Maybe? Um, but anyway, the point is they don't, really. Mm-hmm. But they are now. Like, they're actually, like, attacking people, and they're not just kind of, like, circling mm-hmm. around people, being polite and attacking one by one, and right? gibbering for random reasons. Right. Well, but this is because Rita's already confronted Zordon, right? Yeah, and, like, well, this is, like, Zordon and Zed invading Angel Grove, yeah. Yeah. And I think they send down another monster with a dumb name, right? Um... And, you know, Goldar, all the usual things. I thought it was just the putties in Goldar. Um, was there not some other monster? I well, forget because a lot of things... comes down and gets enlarged. Oh, yeah. I... Oh, that's the best thing about Scorpina, by yeah. the way. Dom, you don't remember this at all, but Scorpina, when she's small... Mm-hmm. I'm just going to assume that Scorpina gives us a picture. When she's small, she looks like that. Mm-hmm. When she's large, when she's enlarged by, you know... Rita Magic, she looks like that. She's this horrifying scorpionoid monstrosity. Oh, by the way, I don't know if we fully identified the fact that, like, Scorpina and Billy recognize that they were past lovers and he's slowly recalling his past. And so they've had sex, like, a bunch of times. They're, like, super into each other. Yeah, that was very important. There's a whole bunch of drama yeah. stuff we we passed over. And we kind of did, yeah. Like, especially the sex. But, yeah, <laughs> Billy and Scorpina have been, like, fucking, like, bunnies. I think she's pregnant at this point. I think so, yes. That's yeah. established. They're, like, totally, like, we're lifelong soulmates. Like, he's totally passionate about her. But then she turns into this giant fucking monster, and he's, like... Well, slow down, son. <laughs> Look, we gotta take a step back. <laughs> he knew that she turned into a giant, horrifying monster. Except to begin that, with. like, when he sees it, he's like, "Uh." But there's a difference between like some creature you don't know doing it and like your your, your partner. Your partner, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I just love that she's you know so like kind of prettified when she's small mm-hmm. and so like extra horrifying when she's large. That is pretty horrifying. Super. <laughs> like, I totally dig her. <laughs> um, she's great. Anyway. Yeah. So big battle with putties. Yeah, big battle with putties. And then big battle with, like, enlarged monster. I, I don't. I feel like there's another monster besides Goldar. I'm sure there I think was. They, I think they go straight to the Zords. Uh, they do the Zords. And, uh, there's a lot of Zord they, action in this. There is. They even describe them coming from the different sides of the screen. Well, they say <laughs> east and west, but you know what that means. Pterodactyl has to burst out of an active volcano every time. Every Absolutely. Time. Um, <laughs> though they are using the Thunder Zords, so... Um, I, I feel like that was a continuity thing where the author seems to think the Thunder Zords and the, the Dinozords are different, but they're not. They the were in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. In the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, at the end of one season, they destroyed the other Zords. Yes, but the remnants are used to create the Thunder Zords, and every time they summon the Thunder Zords, you see the original yeah. then transform into the new well, one. Well, the, um, the author is very aware of the source for right. each of the images, and I feel like that was their, like... Their main fixation was like they came from these different pieces of media, and so they kind of tried Have different existences. Yeah, like that's how they kind of rationalize it in their brain. So in Power Rangers, do they just overlay the footage or something each time? Uh, there's a little shot where like you'll see like the Tyranna the, the, the Tyrannosaurus. Well, you do do the Tyrannosaurus, but I'm thinking of the Triceratops. Mm-hmm. Like you'll mm-hmm. see the Triceratops rolling around, and like lightning will strike it because they're the Thunder Zords, and then, it, and then it turns into a Pegasus because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it not really a Pegasus? Wasn't it a Chinese thing? Um, no, you're thinking of the unicorn or whatever, which is a Keenin. The mm-hmm. Pegasus was a Pegasus. It was mm-hmm. Tenma. Okay. I, I mixed up. Rudenja, <laughs> Shishirenja, Tenma Keenin, Ho Orenja. Yep. 
Yeah, Pegasus and Unicorn occupy the same space in my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pegacorns are pretty popular right however, now. However, not, not Unisys? No. <laughs> it is admittedly a crappy Pegasus mm-hmm. because it does not fly. It just rolls around on the ground. And the defining characteristic <laughs> of a Pegasus should be that it flies. <laughs> it rolls around on the ground. It has wings, but its body mass makes it too heavy for it to actually function. So it just flops around. <laughs> no, no, it has wheels. So it's like the... <laughs> So pe- uh, I'm speaking totally seriously. So Go on, Don. A Pegasus is to this what a bird is to a penguin. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> a penguin with wheels. <laughs> right. Is there a penguin? Sort of, there's got to be a penguin robot in some show. Just Probably rolls Wild around Force. on the ground. <laughs> Wait. There's, there's, <laughs> there's lots of Zord action, um, especially... And, like, I forget the order of operations, mm-hmm. but, like... Zordon and Zed, they both start with Z. That's definitely a connection. They, they summon uh, sure. Serpentera, which is the super badass dragon Zord that Zed has. Oh, we know. That usually runs out of batteries in five minutes, and that's the reason he can't win. That wasn't the, the, the Zord that flies in outer space and has the other Zords on the back and fixes them when they're broke? No, you're still thinking of Grand Sacer. Yeah. That was also a really good Zord. <laughs> yeah, you're right, I am. <laughs> Do you... Yeah. Serpentera is pretty awesome. But yeah, literally, Dom, in the show, Serpentera is like a game gear. Mm-hmm. Where, like <laughs> Really nice graphics for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And then it runs out of batteries and you have to replace the whole like three enormous like double A's or whatever that it takes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's very Japanese, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You remember the Serpentera? I remember the Serpentera. Yeah, everyone remembers the Serpentera, especially because we watched Forever Red. That's the one with all the Red Rangers? At the time. And yeah. Serpentera. I remember when I and was And the obsessed. Big Bad Beetleborgs. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can we not talk about Big Bad Beetleborgs? Uh, I, I think, think we should, we, though. Yes. Yeah. That's what Let's I was just start say. talking about Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> what I was going to say is I remember the Power Rangers movie. Oh, and, let's not talk about that, though. <laughs> it was so good. I was obsessed with it. You're, you're right. The, let's go back the to the point where, like, the slime in the construction site in the beginning, and it, like, drains into the sewer. They had that special, like, what was it, like, hour-long Big big Bad Beetleborg's, like, origin story. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they were fighting in a different planet, and then, like, the Power Rangers helped them, and then, then like, went back to Earth, and, like, they flew past the bad guy, and the bad guy was, what was that? Let's go attack Earth. No, I'm sorry. You are thinking of Kamen Rider. The mas- I love Common Rider. The, the was that first, on, was the that first time they tried to take a Masked Rider show over to the U.S. Oh my god! They had it cross over with Mighty Morphin in season three, and they were like, they went to the planet, and like he's the prince of that planet, Wait. and like they do the whole thing. What? I'm learning so much about my childhood. Wait, Common Rider was involved. Wait, what? Yep. Oh yeah. I don't even remember that name. <laughs> I love Common Rider, but. I'm well, so confused now. The first probably really bad Americanization of Common Rider, they crossed over with Power Rangers, which was actually popular, to try to get anyone to pay attention to it, and it failed. Um, hmm. But you do remember that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are canon in, in Power Rangers, right? No. Because no. They, they cross over with In Space. I'm so it's, confused. It's the dumbest now. thing. I have to admit, I didn't watch as much of In Space or Zeo as I did of Turbo and Galaxy, but... Turbo. That that was a season one could Turbo watch, I guess. My favorite. 
Anyways, these swords are fighting. Uh, yeah, so there's okay, a lot of fighting. So, yes. There's a lot of kung fu fighting there's except some for swords. swords oh, yes. and there's some shenanigans with the morphing grid where they switch over back to the original Power Rangers. Yeah, yes. I mean, um, Egon has to do some science. Egon and Janine have to do some science in the command center to, like, because Zed's try- basically trying to cut them off of their powers and they have to do some stuff. Well, Alpha does. Then then they pop up and they... Destroy Alpha. Yeah, yeah because, like, they at this alpha. point, <laughs> Alpha and Zordon are clearly the evils. So right. that, that took a little mental adjustment, but all right, I accept. I was... Pre- I was on board pretty quickly. I can see Zordon yeah. being evil. Just, I mean, he talks actually, in all caps anyways. No, what actually what was established pretty quickly for me with like Rita being sympathetic and saying like, yeah, he's evil. I was like, okay, fine. And he's put an innocent spell in Angel Grove and he's manipulated you. I was like, fine. But Alpha? Alpha? Come on. I, I know Zordon what you mean. built the command center, then Zordon built Alpha. I know, but it's just like they didn't give... Like, he Alpha always seemed like his own character. They, so I thought it would make more sense if he was manipulated by, like, Zordon's evil plan Yeah. than for him to just be, like, inexplicably also evil. Yeah, on my wish list for this fanfic would have been uh, Alpha with some sapience or something. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting if Alpha had been like, I didn't know any of this was going on. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. But, and then, but instead they gave Alpha some harsh language aye. that they speak. Yeah. It wasn't a fan. Yeah. No, it just, it, Alpha didn't ring true to the character to me. <laughs> like, I totally buy evil Zordon. I just don't buy evil Alpha. I'm sorry. Um, well, you just flipped the switch. <laughs> where, where is the, the good switch evil located? Switch. That's a different fanfic. <laughs> okay. So that's Simpsons. First Halloween episode, right? Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So fighting stuff. Yeah, in the end, Zordon and Zed merge their energies with Serpentera. And this is, and like, to make it super extra strong. Mm-hmm. And they have to, like, do, move all the Morphin Energy grids into powering the Ultra Zord. Mm-hmm. And someone needs to stay in the Ultra Zord to aim. Because mm-hmm. remember, the Ultra Zord is just a cannon battery. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it doesn't do anything except sit there and shoot various energy beams all at once. Yeah. And this whole time, like, there's been some reconciliation between the current and former rangers of each color. Yeah. Um, I think even Rocky does something at some point in this yeah, story, which is it's impressive. it's not memorable because well, Rocky's Rocky. not memorable. Yeah. Like, I actually listened to our previous Power Rangers episode. We talked about Isha and Adam, and we both remembered them, mm-hmm. and we didn't remember Rocky, and I still don't remember Rocky. <laughs> I was I joking that time that I don't remember Rocky. I literally don't. <laughs> Just a hole in your mind. Literally do not. But nonetheless, I, I like that there was some reconciliation between the Power Rangers. They're like, oh, yeah, those letters were fake and we understand each other now. But there were also strong moments of the former and current Rangers supporting each other. Yeah, Aisha and Trini get some time. Yes. Specifically, Adam. I forget who Adam interacts with. Maybe Zach. But, yeah, they, they do get those times. And to the point where it kind of builds to the first plot point, which is um, Jason being like, I'm going to man this giant gun right. and sacrifice myself because someone has to do it to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, it's kind of, it's one of those things where like, okay, everybody get out. It's like, you're not going to sacrifice yourself on No, no, of course not. No, 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 no. Mm. Yes. yes. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> but in the end, Tommy kicks him out, like with force has to knock him out because yes. because of plot reasons, Tommy's the only one who can stay morphed at the time and pilot the Zord. Tommy's not but officially connected to the morphing grid. Because the White Ranger powers are like their he, own he's dealing. He's connected to infinite cosmic energy what, or something. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what did happen before this, 
too, though, is that all of the former rangers kind of ceded their power, or sorry, all the current rangers that replaced the former rangers ceded their power to the former rangers. Oh, that was pretty well done. Reasons. Because they, they, the um, new, the new red, yellow, and yes, and black. black, they fight well in the war, and like. You know, Aisha gets kind of hurt, but, like, the other two are still mostly okay. Yeah. But at the point when they're switching over to the Dinozords, Mm -hmm. they give their coins back to the original, you know, team because they've never piloted those Zords. And that makes logical sense. And it's like, and, you know, people reassure them, like, it's not that you're bad Power Rangers. But also, but also it's kind of an excuse to get the old team back together for, like, the dramatic climactic fight. Yeah, not, not knowing how to operate a giant mechanical... A dinosaur is fear justification to switch out. <laughs> There's actually been an ongoing thing, which is when they realized that um, the three original ones were sent off because they were too powerful. Oh, yeah. And they would realize Zordon's plot, or they would uh, it, topple Zordon's it, plot because I think they were so powerful they might defeat the other side. Or that it was making it too easy, right? Like, yeah, it was war. making it too easy. So the three current rangers. You know, the three current red, yellow, and black rangers keep thinking, like, oh, so we're not as powerful as them. Like, like we're not as good. That's we're... why we were chosen is because we were meant to maintain the balance because those other three would have toppled the other side, and that's why we were chosen. So there's a lot of tension there. It's addressed in different ways. And, like, I remember at one point, you know, Rita's explanation is, like, look, there's karmic balance reasons as to why that old team, like, worked so, what were so unbeatable. And I mean, I, that has to do with Rita knowing all about these like reincarnations mm-hmm. that we don't really get a blow by blow with. But it's like just no, those set of people specifically were just kind of like a really good unit. It's not that mm-hmm. you people are not awesome people or like mm-hmm. good Power Rangers or whatever. Yeah. Yes. But so Ayusha is injured, and so she seeds power to training, and the other two just seed power because I guess they feel like those Dino people piloting. would do better. Yeah. Dino pilot. Exactly. And so then we're back at the bridge where Jason's going to hero blow himself up. Right. And Tommy comes in because he can still be morphed and, you know, insists that he be the one to pilot it. And they he has to knock out Jason to get him out of there. Jason feels like, I, I mean, among yeah. the other things going on here, Jason does feels like, Tommy, you've got Kim to live for or whatever. You mm-hmm. two are together and I don't want to face my emotions or whatever, so I'd rather just blow myself up in a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Tommy punches Jason twice in this fanfic. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's not That's very true. nice. Well, they have a lot going on. They they punch each... He, Tommy punches Jason twice, but he also bear hugs him twice, so... So it all evens out. Yeah. No. <laughs> if, anyone, <laughs> if anyone ever punches you, insist on a bear hug to keep the balance. Hmm. Uh, anyway, things blow up, including Serpentera. And I, I don't know, that's just another thing about... Oh, and the Ghostbusters were there. The Ghostbusters <laughs> don't matter. Yeah, they're still there. Well, they apparently. also strapped... They also took all the proton packs and teleported them onto Serpentera to blow shit up at one point. For a moment, to yeah. To get them time for Jason to do this heroic stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I guess that happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Sure. Why but not? Those other Ghostbusters, like, rinsed in and... Princeton? I don't know. Jack? Also, at the same time, I, I don't even remember who the other Ghostbusters are at there's this point. A, there's Bill Murray, and there's okay. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and there's Janine's the one they still, the first movie. Uh, fighting to get The one whose part was to... dreadfully underwritten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's... Well, well, I forget what that actor's name is, but Winston's actor, Tori, do you know the story? Uh, no. 
Winston's actor, when he signed on to the movie and saw the script, his character was really good. And in between that and actually filming the movie, they took out all the good parts about his character in that movie. <laughs> wow. And he was like, well, I guess I'm still doing this. <laughs> that sounds really it, frustrating. It really sucks. So anyways, they blow shit up and they win the day. Yeah. And Tommy's in. And like, Tommy's dead. Up. Yeah. Well, yeah, the person who did the heroic suicidal sacrifice dies. The end. Actually, like, <laughs> yeah, never mind the end. No, no. Um, actually, Rita, who's been doing all kinds of useful magics this whole time, she's attached to Tommy because he's a Green Ranger and she chose him and well, she's attracted to him. And uh, there's actually a it. lot more going on there. But but also like, there's other things as well. I mean, but anyways, they find Tommy's corpse. Right. And then. They're like, there's nothing we can do. He's dead. And then, like, Egon's PKE meter, like, beeps. And he's like, oh, ignore that. That's nothing. <laughs> and like, what was that? Oh, no. It's just, like, there's a ghost in there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just someone's soul right yeah. here. Uh, probably someone who very recently departed. I'm sure it'll go with, away with soon. With a lot of regrets. Yeah. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and, like, uh, Kim and Jason are acknowledge this. And they're like, oh, man, it must be him and blah, blah, blah. But Rita, being a powerful witch, is especially tuned into this. And what we have established so far is that she was very attached to him as her green ranger and maybe possibly in past lives i wasn't entirely clear on that Mm, yeah but point being is that she's very attached to him and you know she senses and she's like i'm gonna do what i can do to bring him back she is and, and i don't think we've mentioned this before but she's like extremely attracted to him and extremely attached to him and there's some super problematic parts to that. Let's just not. Well, but yes, I actually think it's worth mentioning as a trigger warning for this fanfic. Oh, that's probably fair. That there's coercive sexual assault in her relationship with him, but I don't think the author perceived it that way. I don't know why. I can't understand that perspective, but it seemed like. They, for some reason, thought it was okay. But she had a relationship with him, is what I will say. And it was a strong relationship, and she's expressed attraction and and strong energy towards him through this entire fic. So, at this point, she uses her power, because she's, like, completely in love with him, I guess, to bring him back. Well, it's not like she is possessive in the sense that, like, she expects him to stay with her in any way. But, yeah, she she does have... She's attached to him. Well, I don't emotionally. think I said he was. She was possessive. I just, you just well, said possessive. Did I? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I I don't think that's what I meant. Um, but yeah, and this is full circle for Bandra as a character in this, like, uh, continuity because raising a Green Ranger from the dead is what you know caused the Zordon and Zed thing. But that was when she was much less experienced as well. Yeah. Even though she's really low on energy right now. And so they do a big magic with all the rangers. And everyone has to provide like their um, their energies. But Kim and Jason in particular, as people who care particularly strongly about him, need to um, need to like really focus on their love of, for Tommy. Right. And. Mm-hmm. She tells Jason, it's like, now you've got to be true to, like, your feelings inside, because, like, if you're not, then, like, this could go horribly wrong. <laughs> Probably. This is the, the time to be bashful. We're doing a resurrection spell. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now, I give it pretty even odds that that's not actually true, and she just, like, is fucking with him and trying to get him to admit it to himself that he's in love mm-hmm. with Tommy. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, they, 
I don't think that's how it was presented, but I would believe it. <laughs> um, but they managed to bring him back from the dead as a zombie, and there's a... No, no, he's just fine. Yeah, he looks fine, except he's all blood, and there's no skin. He's wearing this, <laughs> wearing that, this metal diaper. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> he's totally fine. He just looks like Zed now. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can't wait to get Tommy. back to my high school classes. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll teach. <laughs> and so that's the main action. Then we have a little bit of falling action at the end. Yeah. Or just resolution. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Some of those plot points. I mean, the main plot points are pretty much resolved like you'd expect. I mean, the Power Rangers thing is mostly over, but it's not like Power Rangers were run by Zordon either. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, and then the minute the barrier goes down, Walmart comes in. Right. Right. And McDonald's. Yeah. Rita invests in real estate that she then speculates to various big chains that like are around and makes a quick and buck. But that was all because she'd had... Uh, it was Scorpina's investment. Right, yeah. Scorpina is independently wealthy because she's immortal. And it seems yeah. like maybe she's the kind of immortal where she, like, dies and is resurrected repeatedly also, but, like, she remembers it completely. No, she's like a, a they don't know, Japanese kami. They don't really make it clear. Yeah, they just kind of imply that Scorpina's just always been there, and I don't think Scorpina has re- resurrections. No, I guess you're mm. right. Yeah. And, like, Because is... how do you keep your investments between uh, bodies? <laughs> Well, but if your name and... Yeah, no, no that's right. a good point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, There's this plot thing thrown out here where, like, Eddie apparently is a supernatural entity, you know, the proprietor of the juice shop. Yes, that's kind of random. <laughs> like, Rita, thing, yeah. or... Uh, is she still going by Rita at this point? Does she uh, change her name? So one of the things about Rita in this <laughs> is that she does not seem to give a care about her name in particular. Yeah, I think she keeps like, going by Rita. Well, no, she changes her name to Machiko Soga, which oh, is a, right, right, right. a reference to, you know, the, yes. the actress. That's a name, yes. right? Machiko. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it's the name of the actress. Or was she Michiko and the actress was Machiko, or is it vice versa? Mm. Whatever. Either um, way. Anyway, she changes her name because she's taking a name that is related to her daughter's and Scorpion yes. is, you know, the name that her daughter is going by. Anyway, yeah, Eddie, he's just immortal, apparently. Apparently, like, the PKE meter going off at yes. one point in the juice bar was, like, because of him. Well, because it was covered up by the Scorpion readings. Right. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got really nervous when that scientist guy was poking that thing around. Like, it pointed in his direction. He was, like, standing behind Scorpion and then exploded or something. <laughs> <laughs> they have the very Sandman approach to immortality where they're like, Eddie, you're immortal? And he's like, I don't like that word. All it means is that nothing I've encountered yet has been able to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Like, no- nothing has yet made me dead. And actually, like, the funny part about this scene is, like, I think it's um, Rita slash Michka, Machka, Soga, mm-hmm. whatever she's going by now, is, like, yeah, Immortal's kind of, like, you know, like, it's kind of, like, a preferential word. Like, we don't use it for everybody, you know? Like, how, and then she goes on to describe, like, he, he defines himself as, like, nothing's managed to kill him yet. Mm, okay. And I like that she gets to explain that, like, mortal doesn't apply to him because it's, like, a sensitive terminology. Mm. Well, because he hasn't lived long enough yet. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's so sensitive to him. He's like, I'm not... Oh, yeah, I that's right. You know, like, I like that it's a sensitive terminology. It's mm-hmm. fun for the world. And then at the end, they have the uh, Kimberly-Jason wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's where Kim's trying to kind of, like, open him up the idea of, like, 
being in some relationship yes. with them, and he kind of just wants to jet off mm-hmm. and think this, about things and well, punch things, probably. This part is ridiculous. Yeah. Kim's like, I know you're in love with Tommy. And he's like, uh, this is personal, and, like, how did you know? She's like, oh, I wouldn't mind if we, like, had a threesome so, sometime. You quote, should tell him how you feel. Yes, please. <laughs> she grinned and shrugged. Hey, like, it's not hard for me to understand how you feel, you know? Besides, like I said, he might surprise you and invite you over some night, and she waggled her eyebrows su- suggestively. Sleazy on the phone? Th- no. no. Are they, they're are in, they're person. in person? Oh, I thought they yeah. were on the phone. Sorry. No. You, you messed up the best line. <laughs> <clears throat> Start over. <laughs> uh, she waggled her eyebrows suggestively. Sleazy threesies, you know? Right. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Sleazy threesy. So, like, the reason that I've checked so much to this part is because Jason is established to have feelings for Tommy. And I love how the author brought that idea in because I think in the source you could clearly read that. Mm-hmm. It's just like Kim being the vehicle for this is like, yeah, we're going to have sleazy threesy. <laughs> this terrible. Mm-hmm. This disgusting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like it completely invalidates his desire for a relationship with Tommy. It makes it such that Oh, yeah, you would have sex with him when I permit you to, from Ken's perspective. But also that it is sleazy, quote-unquote, like, kind of gross, kind of weird, kind of just sexually subversive. And, you know, you have, you know, your sexual things, but it's implied in this, like, I, I think, demonstrating this fanfic that he has clear feelings for Tommy. Like, he wants to be in a relationship for, with him. So, like implying that he would be satisfied with something that was, like, this kind of, like, base sex threesome. Why should Kim get the relationship and he get the sleazy threesy? <laughs> like, what? And also they're trying to define the terms of the relationship without all parties present. Yeah, Correct. And also, Tommy doesn't get a say at all. Yeah, yes. Don pointed that out earlier, but just, like, Tommy's opinion is never even, like... Does Tommy even know? No. Tommy's Anybody out of tell it. Tommy? Well, what Kim said is you should tell him because we might get to have a threesome. And also Kim expresses that she is attracted to Jason. She and has a type. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, like I can see this for Kim as a character. Like not her as I would see her in the source. But like as a person, I can see, a, you know, this woman like being like, you're both hot. We should all get together without understanding his feelings. It's just like the fact that the fanfic ends this way, it is just disregards the possibility of Jason's feelings being real emotional things, like real strong bonds with Tommy. She's just like, oh yeah, you want to fuck my boyfriend sometimes? Go ahead. Well, I don't think that's how the... I mean, certainly that's how Kim's presenting it. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's how the idea of the three of them being together is raised in the fanfic as a whole. Like, on the plane ride back, you know, he has another conversation with Rita, who's, like, businesswoman it, businesswomaning herself, like, in how she's presenting herself and such. And, you know, she says, like, you'll return. You'll have to. You're bound to them just as they're bound to you. And, she added as she moved the final card in position while she's playing solitaire on her laptop, you will never truly be happy unless you are with them. 
his response is like, a lot of people go through life not being happy. And she's like, yeah, well, don't be one of them. Yeah, well, yeah, there's <laughs> so, a strong implication that they're, they're like, they're bound some kind, together. In the same way that, like, Billy and Scorpina are, and that, like, it's some yeah. kind of, like, you know, deep soulmate kind of thing. We also got earlier that, like, what happened previously is Jason and Kimberly's former selves were married, and she cheated on him with Tommy, and that led Jason to kill Tommy. Oh, in some former life? In some for, former them, life, maybe? yeah. Well, wasn't it both of them? Or And then, then himself? One of those things? Yes, and I then just killed so everybody. It, was, it was Jason and Kimberly were married. Kimberly cheated on Jason with Tommy, and then Jason killed both of them and himself. Mm-hmm. So what Rita tries to do is build up this idea that, like, you all can love each other equally, and it doesn't have to result in violence, which I love that idea. But the way it ends makes it seem like the heterosexual relationship takes priority. Mm-hmm. And that was the frustrating part for me. Yeah, it's I see. also kind of weird because Rita's m- seems like they're mo- they're mostly talking to these ancient people and not their current incarnations. As mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. Which I think is fine. Like, she's not really good at connecting with them as, like, people who have lived a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like, a teen number of years. 18 with like, attitude, yeah. She's just <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, as a, as a soul, which is a person, you know, as someone who is reincarnated over and over, like people are, like, you know, you should, mm-hmm. you should be living your finite life in this yeah. lifestyle, in like this incarnation this way. And no one really relates to that. Mm-hmm. It, it also <laughs> makes her seem like more believable in her like coercion of Tommy, but it's not actually, like, I think that's okay. So you get this impression that she's just outside social norms and therefore, like, what she does is okay. She's, she's and not a, I really don't like that. Yeah. She's put a, she's not a good person, but she's kind of presented as too good a person for what she actually is, I feel like, sometimes. Well, she's um, presented as if her excuse is having a different set of social norms. Right. And Which doesn't really... It, it doesn't work. Get her off the hook. No. Speaking of relationship stuff, there's like there's whole subplots I've completely ignored because so much stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Zach and Angela have this whole thing mm-hmm. going on. Angela was his reoccurring love interest until he left abruptly for Germany um, on the show, and there's she was never very interesting, and their subplot is not that interesting. But it's kind of not, it's one of those like kind of humanizing connections of like just other people in Angel Grove who are actual people and not set pieces. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it works in that sense. So that's pretty much how the fanfic closes out. Is there anything we want... Well, I mean, we've complained about some things. Is there anything we want to talk about negative before we go on to final praise? If the idea of the fanfic was to move away from Pleasantville into gritty realism, I'm not sure they made the switch quite... Uh, aggressively and or convincingly mm. enough. I, I think it... I, I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying, but I felt vaguely unsatisfied by it. No, I feel the same way. Like, it feels like things should have been even more of kind of a dream state in there. It's like the fact that all the Zords are just like, yes, they are actually like physically present being like things that can be broken. And like that Zordon and Zed are just like, everything has such physical reality. It's not the only effects that are happening are kind of mind-influencing effects, like keep people in there and keep them like kind of docile to the war. And I kind of would have liked it if it had gone a little bit farther into the, like just kind of messing with reality, like the title might imply, reality check or something. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, I didn't like how they 
mentioned that Zordon got random powers from somewhere, but didn't know where and didn't didn't explain it. Hmm. If this were a different genre, that would be okay. Well, like we were talking about the Steven Universe movie or something, where something like that happens, and like, oh, that's fine because that's not the point of this. Um, but in a shonen battle thing, where power is everything, where powers come from, and what they do is important. Hmm. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's fair. In terms of plot stuff, also, yeah, the Ghostbusters side of things is anemic outside of Egon and Janine. I kind of would have preferred if the other Ghostbusters didn't show up at all in the story. Like, Egon and Janine have a purpose in the story. The other three don't, really. And they kind of make an appearance, but they don't even really need to, and I don't know. Yeah, I I, I agree with you all. And especially, like, in terms of the Ghostbusters crossover element, like, I wasn't sure how it was necessary like, it, it was not a bad vehicle for certain things to happen, such as, you know, the ghosts, the ghost elements to come forward and propel the plot. But as far as the characters existing in this, I wasn't sure why we needed them. You're right. You could have just had it be Jason, Zach, and Trini going back into Angel Grove, and things are kind of yes. weird. Yeah, that, that alone like, could be enough, right? Th- yeah. that, that would be enough. And then... You can still get the same things achieved by having Scorpina step in as an ally and benefactor who has like some powers to work with and mm-hmm. such. But having the Ghostbusters and the PKE meter to to scientifically say there is something here moved a lot pretty pretty early, I think. Yeah, I did like that whole first part of the story where that was a thing. Yeah, because like you you want to find out things, and even though even though the PKE meter is a very like extremely useful device, yeah, uh, almost too useful. It's not quite too useful because it's not very specific about most things. And so, like, there's still investigation and, like, talking and, like, you know, negotiating or whatever to be done. To me, that's really the source of my primary criticism is they tried to make this a Ghostbusters crossover, but they were already tackling so much material Mm. and taking Power Rangers outside of its genre Mm -hmm. and trying to explain it outside of, like, Angel Grove's under an innocence spell, and everything outside that is a different world. They were trying to do something else. It and to bring Ghostbusters in felt like too much in a way that they couldn't explain. And I think we've already tackled that in our criticism, in that all the points we mentioned that couldn't be explained was because the author was taking on too much. It would have made more sense if the crossover was a crossover into the different genre than they shift in, into. Mm-hmm. But Ghostbusters is kind of a similar genre to Power yeah, Rangers. Yes, it? exactly. Yeah. It's also corny, and yet the tone of this fanfic is not corny. It's very real, and that's actually pretty good praise for it. It's it's a strong, real-life kind of thing. It's just, <laughs> yeah, the genres don't mesh. So we're agreed it should, it should not have been uh, Power Rangers Ghostbusters. It should have been Power Rangers X-Files. <laughs> Uh, maybe right gritty real paranormal maybe (laughs) i guess but yeah um moving into praise like that seems good i think it does a good job with a lot of the characters like you said in terms of treating them seriously as people and that's something i don't know it's not it strikes me as i don't know about hard to do with the power rangers characters but it takes some work and some dedication to be like, I'm going to try to like grapple with like, you know, Aisha and how she's feeling in this circumstance. And, you know, um, some of the characters just don't have a lot to work with, but the author did a really good balance of kind of like giving them personal thoughts and experiences and emotions 
and also feeling like the characters that I watched on TV, you know, feeling like those same kind of performances and people. Especially, especially difficult because there's a lot of them. Like, you know, you, you're up to nine teenagers with attitude in this story alone <laughs> and some other characters. It's a lot of attitude. It's really so little attitude. <laughs> they're they're the, some of the nicest people. <laughs> like who among the, the one among them with the most attitude is Kimberly, and that's just not a whole lot. Is it an alpha? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> alpha has a negative attitude. <laughs> Maybe it's just the voice makes you think it, everything Alpha says is sarcastic. Now the next Alpha is programmed with attitude. It's a terrible like I don't know, terrible dialect. I don't know, what, what alpha was that? I don't know. It's been too long, and I've blocked it out specifically from my memory. <laughs> but I kind of liked how the premise for early on re- really propelled me to read it. Once I once the uh, Ghostbusters got into Angel Grove, I was really excited to see what, what happened next. I agree. That was my favorite part of the yeah. fanfic, yeah. was mucking around with this clearly suspicious kind of dangerous environment, mm-hmm. That, but on the surface you know exactly what it is because it's all just the Power Rangers stuff. And so it's like, what is deeper? What is, you know, what secrets are going to be revealed? Uh, how many Scorpinas are there? Is, <laughs> is Eddie a Scorpina? Let's find out. Is Skolovich really a name or is it because that sounds <laughs> fake? <laughs> Skolovich. Is Skolovich a Scorpina? <laughs> Bulk, Bulkmeyer? <laughs> Eugene Bulk? No, I, I forget. I forget what people's names are. I have to say... I actually really love this fanfic from the perspective of, like, especially after reading the preface, it was, like, you know, an adult coming into Power Rangers and being, like, how do I make sense of this? Mm -hmm. Dang, like, they made heck of sense of this in an adult way, like, in a way where I could watch this piece of media as an adult and be, like, this is enjoyable. But they used, you know, these kind of, like, innocent, basic themes and made it into something so much more complicated, even to the point where, like, they had relationship complications, like they did with Tommy and Jason and Kim. And uh, though I think the thing between Billy and uh, Scorpina was a little more basic. Yeah, that was very, very yeah, basic. Yeah. It's yeah. just, like, Scorpina as a love. It was, yeah, and... it was still a thing, you know. like It's kind of funny, Billy, the character, getting you know, roped into a, like, yeah. true love heterosexual relationship since his actor is, you know, quite gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and because he's quite asexual in the media. But it's not like that didn't happen to him in the original media, too. He's written yeah. off with a, you know, female partner on an alien sure. planet to get him off the show. So Exactly. Like, that's so, just what you do, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, they did actually have gay romance in this. And this is a part I appreciate is because, because of how traditional the author had made the media seem until the end i kind of thought jason's whole thing is he's just in love with kim and their past thing was they were in a triad because they were both in love with kim and to explicitly say he was in love with tom yeah that it would not be true to the characters for kim to be the focal point there no it wouldn't <laughs> the author saw this and they they saw a gay relationship i don't think they realized it to a, a you know point that made sense in terms of fruition. Not to a 2019 standard. No. (laughs) But nonetheless, like, they kind of tackled a lot in terms of interpreting these characters for an adult piece of media, and I appreciated that. They made it complex. They did draw on folklore, as we mentioned before, and 
they kind of made this kind of like Power Rangers folk legend out of it that was really enjoyable to read. So I think that's the end of our discussion about this fanfic. Thanks for joining me for a relatively long one and one that I was happy to come back to after many, many years. Because like I said, it's stuck in my mind. I don't remember all the stories I read, but I definitely remembered having read this one. It was good to explore again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next week, we are moving into Star Wars again. This is our third or fourth Star Wars. It would be our fourth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Father's Heart. Well, it's hard for me to remember because in my mind, it's Father's Heart, Father's Heart, Father's Heart, Father's Heart. (laughs) We also read the fake Episode 3 script. Right. And uh, Ranker Delivery. And Ranker Delivery. Ranker Delivery. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay, because as we can tell by more Star Wars just always coming out, Star Wars never gets old. Ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. And also, it's still less than the number of Sailor Moon fanfics I've made you read. <laughs> made. Made. Strong. <laughs> I, I always assume I... Well, okay. The other Sailor Moon fics that I made Dom read, and that Tori would always read with me. Made. Yes. <laughs> We'll get to that, too, again. You're making too many assumptions here, Mata. I did sketch out a plan for a Sailor Moon Star Wars crossover at one point in my youth, but... There'd be a Sailor Tatooine. uh, Of course there would be a Sailor Tatooine. I have had many a Sailor Moon and Star Wars crossover in my head. (laughs) Well, this one's just Star Wars. We're going to be reading (laughs) Gathering Darkness by Carolyn Gold... I think Goledge... And it was the winner of the best long story in the Star Awards, which you may yes. remember, in 1990. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash RFR Darkness. Yes, Star. Yes, Star. Yes, Star. As for this, this was episode 62 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Reality Check by Jeff Morris. You can find a link to the story on the author's website at bit.ly slash RFR Reality. Let me see if I can do this from memory. The opening song for the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that music and other works by Komiku on the site Royalty Free Music. No. <laughs> royalty Freak. <laughs> royalty That's pretty good, though. Is, is it just RoyaltyFreakMusic.com? RoyaltyFreakMusic.com. I think. I'm almost there. You can find our podcast at Podbean. (laughs) I'm still doing this from memory. Or, well, whatever. The short link there is bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you'd like to contact us, you can do such a thing. On the Twitter, at retrofanfic, or Facebook, at retrofanfic, Reddit, at fanficretrospective, or you can email us at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. You can also leave comments or reviews for our podcast on podcast-type services, and also YouTube. I think they get dropped onto YouTube also automatically. I'm sure you could leave comments there, too. The YouTube comments section is a good place to be that people like to look at, right? Um, anyway. (laughs) We're just going to let you hang on that one. (laughs) What do I say at the end? (laughs) We're just... What are you doing? Little do the, I, I'm, do the, I'm challenging myself. Little do the listeners know that we had to recast Amato as the they wanted too much money. But Amato went off to the uh, young parent 
peace conference in Germany. Yes. <laughs> I'm the non-union Amato. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, fine. Let me pull up my notes. Well, you don't have to do that. I think you did great. Mm, just for the last part. Do I say anything before declaring that we're three Earth life forms? Oh, yeah. I, I say my name. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you say that. Yeah, you say our names, and then you say that. Yeah. I'm the new cheaper Amato. And I am the better version of Tori. And I'm the more expensive Dom. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. It's morphin' time. Form of water? <laughs> Is that form, how that works? Form of a bucket? No, you, you just say the animal. The oh, shape of... No, it's form of <laughs> ice. Shape of dinosaur. Shape of ice dinosaur? Form of shape of... Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. I expected you to say something like, I don't know, some color ranger, Dom Dom ranger. (laughs) See, I I really, I, I had a second where I was like, wait a second, no, I forgot to do a clever introduction. Let's just do it again, okay. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> you don't have to do that, it's okay. But I expect more <laughs> One more again, let's go. But you can't say, like, Red Ranger Tory. That's not what they say. They don't give no. away their identity. It would be the something-something Color Ranger. Like, yeah. you know, the Lightspeed, oh, power, okay. Lightspeed Red Ranger or, you know, right, Wild right. Force White Ranger or whatever. So okay. it actually doesn't work at all. For Power Rangers. So what were you expecting from a Samato then? Yeah. I was expecting you <laughs> to be unclear. more clever than me. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Do you have one, Tori? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute, jeez. Um, you would say there's something about fan fiction, some color ranger, mm-hmm. right? No, you go with the dinosaur, right? <laughs> First season? First season Power Rangers? Yeah, but the problem right. is they don't have any... Like, in the original, it's like Mammoth Ranger and, you know, Dragon Ranger and... Right. Terror right. Ranger, but you know, they're usually just a color. Yeah, but that's boring. <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers is boring. That's what I'm all about: is saying Power Rangers is boring. Yeah, that, no, that's I wasn't true. gonna go that that's, far. That's but. not what you're about, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who spent some time with you, Amato, that's usually never your your theme. <laughs> anyway, we can start again. You don't have to be clever. It's okay. fine. <laughs>